Bibles to Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Again, we read in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 7, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. Let's read that again. To open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. These are the two scriptures written by a prophet by name Isaiah by the 8th century before Christ in Judah concerning the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ who was believed to have lived around 700 years before the coming of Lord Jesus Christ. Even though Isaiah lived 700 years before the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, he prophesied as he could foresee the coming ministry by our Lord Jesus Christ. And he prophesied saying to bring our prisoners from the prison, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. So he said, Lord Jesus is going to come back to this world and come, going to come to this world. And he, when he comes to this world, he is going to bring out prisoners from the prison. You know, in the, both the scriptures, there is a common theme that is running across. If you see both the prophetic statements concerning the ministry of Lord Jesus, we see a common theme. There is a common theme that is running that's saying opening of the prison and to set the prisoners free. Can you all say free? A little louder, please. Free. Jesus, while ministering, he liberated people from their captivity. Jesus, as he was ministering to the people, he set people free from their prison cells. And Jesus is doing that even today. How many of you believe that? Amen. Jesus is still setting prisoners free. And this morning I titled my sermon as prison. Can you say that with me? Prison. A prison is a building where criminals are kept for the crime that they have committed. It's also a place where they are kept while awaiting for their trial. Prison is not a really a good place to be in. How many of you are in prison? Nobody? Wow. No one is in prison. So if you ever happen to go to a prison, prison is not really a good place. You know, nowadays the population in the, in the nations, in the prisons are surging. But whereas the situation in the prisons are really deteriorating because they could not keep that many criminals in prison, so the condition there is very much deteriorating day by day. So incarcerated people, those who are in this prison cells, they are beaten up, they are stabbed, even they are raped at times, they are even killed 
by the facilities, you know, at times the facilities are run by the corrupt officials. They are very cruel. They abuse their power. And at times, you know, they have been so cruel to the prisoners who are kept as captives in the prison. There are few notorious prisons in the world where violence is their day-to-day life. In such prisons, we can come across homicides, sexual abuse, use of knife and other weapons that are part of their daily living in the prison. Incarcerated people are extorted. They are threatened at times. They are stabbed and they are raped. And even they are tied up days together because the guards there, they may not even care about it. They may not even notice that. Serious understaffing that is taking, have, happening there. There is systemic racism. There is official misconduct. And there is corruption. There are thousands and thousands of prisoners, inmates, are so vulnerable, they are living their lives in prison. According to a survey in 2018, a survey says that more than 60,000 people are kept in solitary confinement. More than 60,000 people are kept in solitary confinement only in the United States. More than 60,000 people. That means 23 hours of the day, they will not see anybody. They are kept in their prison. They are in thick darkness. 23 hours of the day, they are kept every day in solitary confinement. Physical and mental issues are rising, alarmingly rising, because treatments and health care are most of the time denied for those inmates. These are the, some of the challenges of people who are living in prison every day. You know, most of us would not have experienced the prison life in our lifetime. But this life that we are living today can easily become a prison in our lives. It depends on how life is treating us. The life that we are living today can become easily become a prison depending on how we are being treated by this life. Life is very well capable of confining us inside our own prison cell. Right? Life is more powerful than us. It is capable of putting us into the darkness every day in and out. And when such thing happens in our life, the escape becomes almost impossible. This morning, I'm here to bring out some of the challenges, some of the realities of life that we live every day in our lives. But we hide those things thinking that we are of people of spirit. And no one else should know about what we are going through. I'm here to bring out those realities that at times we think that we are people of spirit. And we hide those things inside of us because we want to make sure that we put a good picture in front of everybody because others should not know about anything about what I'm going through. Many of us are imprisoned in our habits. Many of us are imprisoned in our ideas. Many of us are imprisoned in our situations, in our frustrations, in our failures. We are imprisoned inside of us. This morning I pray that God may open our eyes. God may bring us to a reality so that we may know what is happening inside of each one of us. When you lie down every day and look at the four walls surrounding you, what comes in your mind? You get a feeling that you are imprisoned. 
When you are lonely, when you are alone and lie down and you stare at the walls, four walls surrounding in your life, in your home, in your room. When you are away from your nation, when you are away from your surroundings, away from your own people, you feel that you are imprisoned at times. This land is supposed to be a land of freedom, but when we come to this land, we feel that we lost that freedom and we are imprisoned. We are not able to live the way we wanted to live. We would have lived in a much better way in our nation, but we are tied up everywhere in all direction. I was talking to someone the other day. He was saying exactly this. If something happens to us, listen to me. If we die in this land, who will bury us? Who will take care of us? Imprisoned in fear. You know, that's how we are living in in this land every day and day in and day out. If you can go to the next slide, life becomes a prison cell. The moment we are unable to push the challenges and move forward, we will come to a point where we hit the wall and we are not able to go back, we are not able to move forward, we are stuck there and the moment that happens in our lives, every human feels that we are already in a prison cell. Today, when you look around, you see the walls of your family. You see the walls of your children. You see the walls of your job situation. You see the walls of your immigration paper, your health condition, doctor's report. You see the walls of separated life. You see the walls of loneliness. You see your ministry as a wall, people around you as a wall. Every day you are challenged to deal with some kind of people that is standing in front of you as a wall and can find you and me into a prison cell we are looking for freedom david was in the same situation in his life when he looked around he had never seen any familiar faces around him he looked around everybody everywhere you know when we are in danger when we are in a difficult situation when for example when we are driving our car gets into an accident and when you get up, get down from the car, you look for some familiar face. You wish that your friend would just come right there and stop his car to help you. Whenever we are in a difficult situation, we look for our beloved, our dear ones. David was looking for any familiar face, but there was nobody. There are wicked people, they were trying to oppress him. They are trying to destroy him. They were trying to take his away, life away from him. He was imprisoned. In his life he says in Psalm 56 55 verse 6 he says so I said he's you know singing this out of desperation so I said oh that I had wings like a dove I would fly away and be at rest if I have wings like a dove I would fly away and be at rest <clears throat> I don't know how many of you dream but I had these kind of dreams. I don't know about you. <clears throat> the dream I find like, you know, myself flying without any limitation. I wonder how I could defy gravity and I'm able to, you know, keep myself up and the level above everything and flying. Because there is nothing can stop exactly David says. No hurdles, no walls, no prison cells. It's a freedom that's everywhere. But the moment I awake that I come to a realization that, you know, I'm not flying, I'm restricted, I'm bound. Today, what we need is freedom. 
What we need is liberty. What we need is way to escape, the way to fly away from the challenges, from the prison cell that we are living in today in our lives. This morning I'm here to tell you that you serve a God and I serve a God who sets prisoners free. That's what the word of God says. Jesus was walking to prison cell to prison cell and he was pulling out all the prisoners and setting them free. What does it mean to you? Jesus was looking into every life and they were living in their own prison life and he was pulling them out of their prison life. Somebody was lying at the pool, side of the pool of Bethesda for 38 long years. He went there and pulled him out of that cell, out of the prison cell. A woman was suffering with the issue of bleeding and God went and pulled her out of her prison cell. We serve a God who heals the brokenhearted. We serve a God who sets the captives free. We serve a God who lifts the heavy burden. We serve a God who is even doing that now, even now. And he is setting us free because he does impossible things. Because he does impossible things. You know, this morning I want you to believe God can do impossible things in our lives. You know, if, if not, I'm not here today and you are not here. How many times God has done great things in your life? The things that you never expected, the things that you never thought is going to happen, he did that for you. <clears throat> he did that for you. I want you to believe God continually this morning. His life can easily become a prison cell and destroy the rest of our lives. There are three different ways this prison life affects us. Number one, prison limits our ability. Prison limits our ability. Prison limits our ability to escape. Prison limits our ability to escape from the situation. There are reasons why criminals are kept in prison. Because if they are set loose, they are a threat to the community. So prison doesn't allow them to escape. How strong they may be, how clever may be, they may be, how smart the criminals may be, most of them are really smart. Once they are imprisoned, it's almost impossible for them to escape. <clears throat> and criminals, they don't want to escape because if they are escape and if they are caught, the punishment is going to be doubled multiple times. Criminals cannot escape because prison limits our ability. There are situations in our lives that are not allowing us to escape from this life of prison. At times we feel that we are limited. At times we feel that we can do only certain things. We are capable of doing only certain things. We are limited in many ways. A prisoner who is inside of the prison cell <clears throat> can move around only to a, through a limited space. He or she cannot move around everywhere. You feel that there are many times in our lives we are so limited. Our abilities are so limited. There are few things that we experience as prison in our lives. They are so limiting our ability. I was looking at the longest sentences served in prison. <clears throat> Francis Clifford Smith is the oldest prisoner serving in prison for more than 71 years in the United States. I believe he's still alive, maybe in the hospital. 
71 long years, <clears throat> Francis Clifford Smith has been serving in the prison. Charles Fossard served in prison for more than 70 years in Australia. They were imprisoned for their life. It's not a life sentence, but they're imprisoned for the rest of their lives. They could never escape. After some time, you don't, they don't want to even escape. Even if they go out, nobody is going to care for them. Nobody is going to recognize them. It is better for them to die in prison. If we are imprisoned in this life, <coughs> this life is going to make us incapable of doing anything useful, or doing anything effectively. Our skills, our talents, our abilities, our visions can be limited when we live in this life of prison. Anything that we want to do for God, we have the desire to do things for God, but we are limited because our life is imprisoned. We don't have the freedom to do many things for God. Many times we worry, Lord, why am I not effective? Many times we think about some of our friends, <clears throat> they were with us during our childhood days, and we started together. And today, they are in a much better position. We are not there. We are not there. <clears throat> we look at them, and we realize they are in a much better position. And we worry, Lord, why? Why? Because we are imprisoned in our lives. And this morning, God wants to make that real in our lives. God wants to make us known the walls that are built around us, the limitation within which we are living in today, so that the good news of the gospel can set our lives free from all the limitations that we are dealing with. There is a good news for us. Shall we read that in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11? Can you read that for me? Chapter 29, verse 11, reading from NIV. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and future. Shall we read that again? Beautiful scripture. For I... <clears throat> Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Prison limits our ability. But here we see a God who sets ourselves beyond the limitations that we have. This morning we want to take it further. Secondly, if you are living a life of prison, prison offers what we deserve. Prison could offer only what we deserve. Prison offers what we deserve, but God offers what we do not deserve. Prison offers only what we deserve, but God offers what we don't deserve. Let's find out how it's going to happen in our lives. If we go and talk to a prisoner, a prisoner who has been in the prison cell for a long time, <clears throat> you go and take your time, sit with him and talk to him, and he's going to tell you, Without any hesitation, he will tell you, I'm here in this prison today because I deserve it. I even deserve more punishment. 
I deserve this. That's the reason I am here in this prison cell today. For the kind of, for the kind of crime that I committed. Today I am living in this prison. For the kind of thing that I did in my life. Today I am living in this prison. I need even more punishment. This punishment is not enough for me. I need more punishment. That's what exactly he is going to tell. Many times in our lives. We regret. And we say. I deserve this. Many times. In our life. We find out and we see. We realize. I deserve this. I deserve even more. Things are not happening in my life. I deserve it. Why everything is going to in the negative direction? I deserve it. Prison offers what we deserve. Sometimes we even regret for the things that we have done in the past. And as the days go by, we turn back to those good old things and we say, because of what had happened in my life in the past, today I'm going through what I'm going through. We even see that I am a mistake. I am a mistake. I was not born in the right time. I was a mistake. I shouldn't have been born in the first place. Sometimes even we feel that I am a misfit to live. I don't want to even live. I am a misfit to live. I shouldn't have been born in the first place. Many times we realize and we think that I shouldn't have been got married to this family. Because I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. I shouldn't have come to this nation. I won't deserve this. I don't deserve this. Prison offers what we deserve. I want you to think about Joseph when he was thrown into the prison. I want you to think about what had happened to him, his life. You know, he came to a prison for a crime that he never committed. He didn't do any mistake. He was thrown into the prison for the crime that he never committed. He would have thought probably, this is what I deserve. This is what I deserve. That's the reason I have come to this prison. He would have thought it may be true that, you know, it was true really that my dad loved me so much. But my brothers hated me. Probably that's what I deserve. Probably that's what I deserve. You remember the cupbearer and the baker story? You remember that story of the cupbearer and the baker? When Pharaoh's cupbearer, when he was released, when he was set free, he told, I will help you. I will take you. I will, Joseph, I will take you out of the prison. So when Joseph came out of the prison, even before that, when he was in the prison, he thought, the cupbearer is going to go out, talk to Pharaoh, and get me out of the prison. And he was just ready to escape. But cupbearer did not help. He turned his way and he went away when he was released from the prison. Joseph would have said, he was broken in his heart and he would have said, this is what I deserve. This is what I deserve. And this morning, some of us are telling instead of us, I expected many ways that God would do miracles. I expected that many ways God would do wonders. But nothing happened and this morning I realized maybe this is what I deserve. And this morning I'm here to tell you that we deserve much more than what deserve. 
I want you to read a couple of scriptures this morning. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 16. Can you read that with me? Isaiah 49, verse 16. Let's read. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. We think that this is what we deserve. But God is saying this morning, I have drawn you in the palms of my hand. And your walls are continually before you, before me. You know, we serve a God who can give us more than what we deserve. Isaiah 43, 4 says, since you are precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give you men for you, give men for you and people for your life. That means I will lift you up. I will raise you up. Today you are not recognized. And you think that this is what I deserve. Today you are not appreciated for anything that you do in your family, in the society, in the church. And you think that this is what I deserve. But God, our God says, you are precious in my sight. And you have been honored because I love you. I will lift you up. There will be people looking into you. There will be people looking into you and telling that you are blessed. You are honored by God. You are blessed by God. Isaiah 41 verse 9, <clears throat> reading from NIV. God says, I took you from the ends of the earth. From the farthest corners, I called you and I said you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and I have not rejected you. You know, this morning, God wants you to believe that. At times we feel that we deserve only this much. But God says this morning, he has called you. He has seen you. He knew you already. He knew you that God will bring you from the corners of this world to this place. Jeremiah 31 verse 3. Jeremiah says, I, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. A love that never ends. A love that is eternal. You know, this morning I pray that God may speak to you. God may remove that factor from your life. And God may help you to know that you deserve much more than what you think that you deserve. Psalm 119 verse 73. Psalmist says, your hands have made me, Lord. And you fashioned me. You know, we are so precious in the sight of God. This morning I want you to know that you are so precious. Each one of you, those who are sitting here, is so precious in the sight of God. Do not worry about how man thinks about you. Do not worry about man, how man looks at you. Do not get discouraged by the words that you listen. But this morning God is telling you that you are so precious. Each one is so precious. <clears throat> I used to think this way. If we are not precious, why should God make us? in his own image. Why should God fashion us in our own image? You know, we add more fashion to what God has already fashioned. It's all good. But God had already fashioned you. If God have already fashioned you, he loved you so much and he likes you so much. At times we stand in front of the mirror and we even ourselves, by ourselves, we hate our look, our appearance. And we try all the level best to bring some glow in our face. Even I try to do that, but it never happens. <clears throat> I try. Yeah, really, I try. You ask my wife. 
<coughs> right? <coughs> yeah, I should be sincerely trying it out every day without, you know. And God is saying, your personality, the way you look, your skin color, the way I have placed your nose, the way I have placed your eyes, I have done that. I have beautifully, wonderfully created you. But you know what? This life is a prison. It brings you into the prison cell and it tells you, you deserve only this much. You deserve only this much. But this morning, God is telling us, you don't deserve this much. You deserve much more than what you think that you deserve. Secondly, we said the prison offers what we deserve. Thirdly, finally, prison makes us to lose our rights. Prison, can you read that with me? Prison makes us to lose our rights. <clears throat> Once imprisoned, the legal system doesn't give all the rights when a, when a prisoner comes out of the prison cell. Some of them may lose the ability to work among children. Some of them may lose even the right to vote. Some of them may lose even the ability to obtain driver's license. You know, it all depends on the kind of crime that they committed. Prison makes us to lose our rights. At times, this life appears to be a prison for most of us. There is a legal system in this world. And this system makes us to lose our rights. Your right to raise your opinion. Your, rise, your, 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 your right to raise your kids the way you want them to be raised. The right to access resources, your right to access healthcare, your right to access other benefits in this world, it's all restricted because this life as a prison takes that right from your life. Discrimination based on race, based on physical ability, based on religion, based on gender, based on ethnicity, they all take the right away from our lives because we are living in the life of prison. There is a violation of basic human rights. There is a violation of basic human rights that is causing injustice. You know what is happening in Afghanistan. You know what is happening in other parts of the globe. The basic human right is violated. There is no reason, there is no doubt that we are living in a prison cell today. There is so much of injustice brought on women. There is so much of injustice brought on children today. There is no doubt you and I are living in a prison cell. Prison makes us to lose our rights. But nothing can rob the right that God had given you. This morning we are going to see a couple of rights that we have in Christ. We are going to pray. The right to become a children of God. The right to become a child of God. And the right to become children of God. Let's read what Jesus said in John chapter 1 verse 11, verse 12. Can you read that with me? But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. You know, God has given us the right to become a child of God. No prison cell can take that away. No legal system can take that away. Even if the legal system says you cannot serve your God, there is nothing can stop us from becoming a child of God. Becoming children of God. We serve a God 
There is nothing can stop us. There is nothing can stop us. Because we have right in him. What is another right? Right to inherit the blessings of Abraham. Can you read that with me? Galatians chapter 3 verse 29. And if you are Christ, can you read that with me? If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and hers are inheritors according to the promise. If you are children of God, if you are hers, if you are inheritors of Christ, if you are in Christ, we are inheritors of all the blessings of Abraham. What are the blessings that God gave to Abraham? What are the promises that God gave to Abraham? We have all the right to inherit those blessings, right to inherit the eternal life. Jesus said in John chapter 10 verses 27 to 28, My sheep, hears my voice. My sheep, hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me and I have given them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hands. God had given us the right to become his children. God had given us the right to inherit the blessings of Abraham. God has given us the right to inherit eternal life. How many times we have been longing for freedom from this life of prison? You know, many times we are forced to do things that we don't like to do. And we end up in doing it anyway because we are living in this life of prison. There are many things that I don't like to do, you don't like to do, but you happen to do everything because we are confined by this life of prison. More than enjoying our life, our life has become a burden for many. If you talk to young children, if you talk to senior elderly people, if you talk to adults or even seniors, they all say, the life has become a burden for me. I'm not sure how I'm going to move forward. At times we feel that we are not for living. We are not living for ourselves. We are living for our spouse, our husband. We are living for our children. Because the life has imprisoned us so much that we don't find a way to escape. Those who are imprisoned, they wait for a time to escape. Those who are in prison, they wait for the trial so that they can escape from the prison cell. At times, you know, they have been waiting and waiting for months together, years together, and eventually they lose their hope. They think that they are never going to make it. Think about people who live in prison for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. They are never, they are never going to make, they lost their hope already. They lose their hope already. If you can go to the next slide. Prison cell limits our ability. Prison offers what we deserve. And prison makes us to lose our rights. But God can set us free from the prison. You know, this is what I want to tell you this morning. Our God can set us free from the prison life that we are living in today. You know, Satan is behind people. Putting people in prison. But our God is there to set us free. The life that captivates us into a prison cell. But God wants to set us free. He is a God who sets prisoners free. Do you remember? Do you remember the verse we heard in, from Isaiah 61.6? He's a God who sets prisoners free. Can you say that with me? He's a God. He's a God who sets prisoners free. We want to read Psalm 146 verses 7 and 8. 
from NIV. He upheld the, can you read it with me? He upheld upheld the cause of the oppressed. And he gives food to the hungry. And what it says, the Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord sets prisoners free. You know, today we are thrown into our situation as we are bound. In our situation, we face a challenge. We know there is a trouble. But you know what? Our hands are bound. Our hands are tied up. We can't do anything there. We know there is a problem. We know the urgency of the problem. But our hands are tied that we are unable to do anything. Because our life is in a prison. But God can set us loose. I want you to think about the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They were thrown into the fiery furnace. Bound. Shall we read the scriptures? Beautiful scriptures. Daniel chapter 3, verse 20. And he commanded, Nebuchadnezzar commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Verse 21. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Verse 22. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and spoke. This is what exactly he said. Saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fiery furnace? They answered and said to the king, true O king, verse 25, look, he answered, I see four men loose. They were set, they were thrown into the fire, bound, but now I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth man is like the son of God. You know, you are thrown into the situation, and when we were thrown into the situation, our hands are bound, and that's the time we cry unto God, and help comes from above, and Lord God comes and walks in the middle of the situation, and he sets us free, and this morning I believe he is here in this house this morning. There's one more thing I want to close with that. Our God is capable of cutting chains. Amen. Our God is capable of cutting chains. That's what scripture says. The chain of addiction. The chain of poverty. The chain of delay. And the chain of waiting. And the chain of disease and sickness. The chain of brokenness. The chain of deep sorrow. The chain of loneliness. The chain of frustration. God is capable of cutting those chains in our lives. He is a God who cuts those chains in our lives. Let's see. Psalm 107 verses 13 to 16. Then they cried out to God. Can you read that with me? Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them out of their distress. Verse 14. He brought them out of the darkness and the shadow of death. And broke their chains in pieces. Amen. He broke their chains in pieces. 
Verse 14, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron into two. He's not only a chain breaker, he's also a door opener. You remember when Peter was in the prison, when church offered prayer with all sincerity to Lord God, God sent his angel into the prison cell and when the angel went into the prison cell, he broke the chain and he brought Peter out. He opened the iron door and sent Peter into the city. Our God is not just a God who sets us loose. He is also a God who cuts our chains. He is also a God who both break opens the doors. Today God wants to set us free. Amen. Shall we all rise this morning for a time of prayer? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Life has brought us into a prison cell. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> we are brought into a prison cell this morning. I want you to acknowledge because you know very well prison has already limited your ability. Prison has robbed the rights from your life already. Prison often tells you that you don't deserve what you deserve. This morning, I want you to realize the life that we are living in. Hallelujah. Shall we close our eyes?